Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on December 11th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Jan Rood with the Gospel Reading. The Holy Gospel for this third Sunday in Advent is found in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Mary said, My soul proclaims your greatness, O God, and my spirit rejoices in you, my Savior. For you have looked with favor upon your lowly servant, and from this day forward all generations will call me blessed. For you, the Almighty, have done great things for me, and holy is your name. Your mercy reaches from age to age to those who fear you. You have shown strength with your arm. You have scattered the proud in their conceit. You have deposed the mighty from their thrones and raised the lowly to high places. You have filled the hungry with good things while you have sent the rich away empty. You have come to the aid of Israel, your servant, mindful of your mercy, the promise you made to our ancestors, to Sarah and Abraham and their descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Each year, no matter what is happening in the world around us or what's happening in our own personal lives, the scripture readings on this third Sunday of Advent are all about joy. Even if we feel that the circumstances of our lives call for something very different, the texts for today are read in churches throughout the world, held up for the community as God's living word for our lives, and they are about joy. That's all very uplifting, but I can understand why many hearers of this word today might think that it is overly prescriptive. For some, it might even seem like the person who comes to you when you're down and says, cheer up, it's all going to be okay. So what do we make of these sacred texts on this Rejoice Sunday, no matter what's happening in our lives? Are they simply a prescription to feel something that maybe we don't feel or to be someone that we are not? If that were the case, I would propose that we just skip all of them 
and look for Bible passages that feel much more connected to real life. In my way of hearing the readings for today, it does help to go back and look at the real life circumstances of the people who are featured in each of them. In our first reading, the Jewish people that Isaiah is addressing had every reason to be sad and brokenhearted. Their exile in Babylon subjected them to daily experiences of suffering and of humiliation. And it must have been very hard to see any hope on the horizon. In the powerful and poetic word of comfort given to them by Isaiah, we learn that their suffering is manifested in weak hands, feeble knees, fearful hearts, obscured vision, hindered hearing, broken bodies, and silent tongues. As you hear that list, I wonder if you see yourself or someone you love in any of those real-life places of suffering. If so, there's no need to compare it to the suffering of people in exile, but I do believe with all my heart that God's word to them is also God's word to you today. One modern reader of this text describes it as a word that is out of place because it doesn't coincide with what people are seeing or experiencing in the moment. It reminds me of Walter Brueggemann's observation that Israel's doxologies are characteristically, characteristically against the data. In other words, the blessing the doxology that God is giving doesn't match the irrefutable data that hands and knees and hearts and eyes and ears and whole bodies are broken. That's one of the reasons, perhaps, that Isaiah's words in this first reading today are all in the future tense. The ransomed of the Lord shall return, Isaiah says and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. As you hear that, let it be an out-of-place promise, perhaps, for you as you watch and wait for God's coming during these holy days of Advent. I know that it can be hard. After the death of a loved one, I remember one of our St. Mark's members asking very honestly, do you think I will ever be happy again? Our fearful hearts might say no, or at least I don't know to questions like that. But God's answer is a resounding yes. Yes, those who go out weeping shall return with shouts of joy. Yes, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. For me, it calls to mind many of the Advent songs that we sing during this season of waiting 
and watching. The joy of Christmas lies ahead of us, but we are not there yet. And we sing to one another the hopeful promise that God will come to bring us out of darkness into light. In essence, that is how we heed God's call to be bearers of this promise for one another. You may have noticed amidst all of the future tense verbs in that message from Isaiah that there are three present tense imperatives right in the middle. Strengthen the weak hands, God says. Make firm the feeble knees. And say to those who are of fearful heart, be strong, do not fear, here is your God. It is possible, I suppose, that those words are special instructions for prophets like Isaiah. But if that's the case, then let us all be prophets of hope for one another in both word and deed during these holy days. Even if we too can't see beyond the present, we can still live out the words of a song we often sing to one another, which says, I will hold the Christ light for you in the nighttime of your fear, and I will hold my hand out to you, speak the peace you long to hear. I will weep while you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your joy and sorrow till we've seen this journey through. In our gospel reading today from Luke, I am touched by the way that Elizabeth embodies that kind of blessing and presence for Mary. Mary had to be frightened when she left her home to go see Elizabeth. She lived in a world where unmarried pregnant women were stoned to death. She lived in a world where it was not uncommon for women to die in childbirth. But when Mary walks into Elizabeth's house and greets her, Elizabeth becomes that prophet of hope for her, just wrapping her in the truth of what God has already done, saying to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Many years ago, when my wife Linda and I were living in Cameroon, one of our dear friends became pregnant with her first child. There was great joy in their household. But then our friend fell ill with cerebral malaria. And in an afternoon, filled with fear, she went into a fever-induced coma. The nearest hospital that could handle that kind of trauma was a long way away in the capital city of Cameroon. But by the grace of God, a small plane was available to take her there. But there was only room for our friend, a nurse, and the pilot. So her husband had to watch as the plane ascended into the sky and disappeared, not knowing anything about what the future would hold. As he sat in fear, Another dear friend joined him in the small living room of a guest house where there were two hymn books on a shelf. 
And in that moment, there could not have been a greater gift. Picking up those two books, the two of them started singing, hymn after hymn after hymn together. They didn't go in any special order. They just kept turning the pages, and they just kept singing. They sang songs of God's saving help. They sang songs of God's love and healing and grace. They sang songs of God's companionship, God's faithfulness, and even songs of thanksgiving and praise. They sang their way into trust and into the joy of God's presence. And in many ways, that's exactly what Mary did on that day when she entered Elizabeth's home. Those who know Hebrew scripture, as Mary did, know that she opened up the hymn book that was in her heart from worship and sang songs that she had learned from childhood. And in her beautiful song that we heard, there is the song of strong Jewish women like Mary who knew how to celebrate the story of God's saving help. From a place and memory deep within, Mary sang the song of Miriam, who stood on the shore of the Red Sea declaring, I will sing to the Lord for you have triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider you have thrown into the sea. She sang the song of Deborah and of Judith and of Hannah who declared, My heart or my soul exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. It is Hannah too who sang, You raise up the poor, O God, from dust to make them sit with princes. And those who were full have hired themselves out for bread. But those who were hungry are fat with spoil. In her own way, Mary takes all of those songs and she makes them her own as she joins her voice to the chorus of every brave soul that proclaims the greatness of God at times when it seems out of place. Filled with God's spirit, she sings her way into trust and into the joy of God's presence. And she does it by linking the present and the future to everything that God has done in the past. You may have noticed that unlike Isaiah's message in Mary's song, all the verbs are in the past tense. You have shown strength with your arm, she sings. You have scattered the proud in their conceit. You have deposed the mighty from their thrones and raised the lowly to high places. You have filled the hungry with good things while you have sent the rich away empty. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says that it is at once the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. To tell you the truth, it scares me. But it also beckons me in love to welcome the new thing that God is birthing. Even now, I may have to sing my way into that joy and welcome. And I know that I will need others to do that with me. Others who will sit beside me and recall in verse after verse God's love and God's faithfulness. 
And I will need to be in the good company of people who know what it means to strengthen weak hands, to make firm, feeble knees, and to say, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. And when I come to Christmas with you, it will be the same joy we all felt when our friend in Cameroon gave birth to her firstborn son. For that and for all good gifts, I say, thanks be to God. Amen.